Hello, welcome to Totem Talks. I'm Helen Fruin and this month we are talking all things resilience and well-being. And rather than just getting bored with the same old Helen and Mark having a chat, today it's Helen and Sarah having a chat. I'm so delighted to welcome to the Totem Talks podcast, Sarah McKinday. Yeah! Thank you. <laughs> nice to be here. Thanks, Helen. Brilliant. So uh, tell you a bit about Sarah. Sarah is somebody I met many, many years ago. We were looking at how could we work together. We were having conversations as she was setting out on her chartership journey. If any of you, dear listeners, have explored the becoming a chartered occupational psychologist journey, it's not an easy one. Uh, So Sarah and I were talking back then and we both just had this sense of we'd really like to work together. And finally, in 2022, we are now working together. I'm so excited. Sarah is an incredible facilitator. She's qualified in strength scope and cognitive behavioral hypnotherapy, which we're going to be talking about today. She's got such a passion for well-being, mental fitness, resilience, so really ties into everything we're talking about today. And she's also an incredible coach and a fabulous woman to spend time with. So Sarah, thank you for being here. Oh, oh, thank you for having me. What an introduction. (laughs) What an introduction. Follow that. Uh, So Sarah, tell us a bit about you. How have you come to be working in the sort of well-being and resilience space? Yeah, so I started my journey with um, psychology many, many years ago. And I just loved the idea of being able to help people and just help them improve kind of how they're feeling. Um, And I think that kind of led on to a real interest in the area of well-being and occupational psychology. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've spent so many years in the workplace, so over 20 plus years um, working in HR. So you kind of get to see everything working in HR Um, and I I realised there's a lot that I could do with my knowledge of psychology and HR and mix them together and really specialise in this area of wellbeing Um, and that really just got me interested in the idea of mindfulness, hypnotherapy and basically how we can use our mind and so all the tools that we've already got um, to do something more effective in terms of stress and anxiety and manage that from a more healthy um, perspective um, and just really kind of help us be resilient going forwards with everything that we deal with today. Brilliant. It's interesting. I I just saw an article this morning. Somebody had shared on LinkedIn about burnout and it was a slightly different take Mm. on burnout about how, you know, it really is a psychological piece. It's something that we can choose to engage in or choose not to. And I've got so many clients at the moment struggling with burnout. That feels like a really challenging thing to say, well, you can just choose not to feel it or Mm. you can just, like you say, use your mind to be more effective Mm. and it it almost sounds a bit rude in a sense to suggest that well you can just get yourself out of this and Mm. yet that is what we see in the research that so much of what we suffer with is stuff that we can use our minds to come through in a better way. Mm. I definitely agree with that and it's interesting you said about the reaction that you sometimes get when um, you do suggest how powerful our minds are Um, And people don't tend to react very well to the idea that you are in control of a lot of this. Um, Because when you're going through something, it's really, really difficult to actually see that and see a way out of it that you could actually control. Um, So I do a lot. I mean, we'll talk about it in a bit, but around um, psychoeducation. 
Um, and a lot of what we do to ourselves, we're already doing the things, we're already hypnotizing ourselves, we already tell ourselves every day about the negative and what we can do differently and how we can be better. And it's basically just turning that around to be more positive and look at how we can actually achieve what we want to through our own mindset. So becoming our own therapist, uh, therapist almost. So it's very interesting. Yeah, I absolutely love that. We're already hypnotizing ourselves. We're already mm. like mine. <laughs> I'm thinking of people who are like, oh, you've been um, brainwashed. We're, we're brainwashing ourselves all the time. We do. Like, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm struggling. Absolutely. I, I, yeah, fascinating. Brilliant. Okay, so tell us a bit about, because when I first read on your, you sent me over a, a kind of coaching profile so I could put you forward for some coaching work. And it said mm. on there, cognitive behavioral hypnotherapy. And my first thought was, <laughs> what is that? Uh, and I was chatting with a friend who's more uh, in the kind of psychoanalytical psychotherapy mm. space. And she was saying, oh, well, I know some people don't get on with cognitive behavioral therapy. So is cognitive yeah. behavioral hypnotherapy kind of a, a different approach? So I was so intrigued to find out more and I've purposefully not Googled it because I just wanted to be <laughs> totally fresh in this conversation and come to you and say, Sarah, tell us what it is. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's interesting because I think the word hypnotherapy can be so emotive to different people based on your experience of it. Um, so whenever I say hypnotherapy, um, people often get this idea of uh, stage hypnosis, that right. it's kind of putting people in a trance, that it's making people do what they don't want to do, kind of barking like a dog on a stage. <laughs> um, and really, that was kind of my experience as well. So when I um, was first introduced uh, to hypnotherapy, it's through my NLP training, um, and it was the trance-based side of it. So there's different types of hypnotherapy. Um, and it was the kind of Ericksonian um, trance and metaphors and, and things that didn't really make logical sense to me. And I am quite a logical person being a psychologist. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I thought, let me just find out a bit more about it, because um, I just saw how effective it was, even from a trance perspective. Um, but I thought, actually, the trance side of it doesn't really resonate with me. Let me find out something, find out more about something that does resonate with me. Um, so I actually went to the British Psychological Society and looked at um, the courses that they had available. And uh, this one popped up. And I thought, oh, actually, I've experienced CBT before and I've, I've actually had really great results with that. So, and I just finished a course on um, mindfulness. So I became a mindfulness teacher and it just happened to incorporate all of that as well as the hypnotherapy. And I knew from a BPS perspective, they wouldn't have put it on their website if they weren't a hundred percent back in it. So I thought, let me just find out a bit more about what this is. Um, so the first thing that I saw was actually it's not trance-based, um, which is something that resonated with me personally. I know other people um, might be quite into that. Um, but it was very kind of based on psychological research. It was very evidence-based and obviously backed by the BPS. Um, going through chartership was something that was really important to me. Um, so in terms of the results that I've seen with my clients, that it's just so effective being able to use all of those tools mixed together, dependent on what the person needs from it. 
Fantastic. And like you say, it is one of those words. Um, yeah, I certainly think of stage people and, and the barking like a dog and, and all of that stuff that we've seen perhaps on TV. Um, I know there's a Darren Brown live show coming up locally yeah. to me soon. And you, you kind of think of all of that stuff. Um, to talk about then non-trance based hypnotherapy, what does that mean? Yeah, so as I said before, it's really based on psychological research. So how our mind works and how we can uh, use what we're thinking to kind of, um, like I said, we hypnotize ourselves every single day with negative. Um, But it's all around kind of this um, idea of using suggestions during the hypnotherapy and using this idea of expectation um, so actually the um, psychoeducation that you do before a session is just hugely important in terms of building that expectation that that it will work, that you will become your own therapist, that you will be in control of what you do, that your imagination is so powerful um, and how you can use that. Uh, it is definitely a skill, so you can build up the skill through skills training um and i just yeah you kind of you kind of need to show someone it to see how right. powerful it was um, sure. the th- yeah the thing is so when i signed up to this course um the thing that drew me into it is because i was just exploring things first of all and it offered a money back guarantee so i thought oh they must be pretty sure about kind of yeah. <laughs> how effective this is um, and on the first day, it just, it just absolutely blew my mind in terms of how effective it is. I always thought that I couldn't be hypnotized. Um, so actually being put under and watching, um, uh, it, f- funny thing. So arm levitation, um, I had pain in my arm and I can't, I couldn't lift my arm beyond a certain height. And I went under um, hypnosis and uh, took me through this script about your arm getting lighter, the other one getting heavier. And my arm just went up and up and just didn't stop. And I thought, for me, who's a very logical person, very scientific, very factual, to have experienced that and the lack of pain in my arm, I just thought there's so much potential for using this for people who are in pain, for people whose imagination has kind of got them stuck in a place where they don't want to be and, and kind of creating that, that freedom from pain, from anxiety, from stress. Yeah. Amazing. Goodness. And and coming back to me mentioning burnout earlier, you know, that freedom Mm. from burnout, freedom from that that feeling of somebody was describing it to me recently that you're so adrenaline fueled every day to just keep going. And Mm. then you take a holiday or you have a weekend and it's just ruined because you're so exhausted and almost the adrenaline still pumping Uh, to have freedom from any of that sounds incredible. Um, So I'm a bit confused when you talk about going under that's um so not knowing about what I'm talking about I don't really know what a trance is that sounds to me like going under is like a trance so how how is it different what are you experiencing when you go under in hypnotherapy yeah so there's a process that you take someone through so you do a lot of as I mentioned psychoeducation 
um, you do a lot of skills training before you actually um, like take someone through an actual script. Um, so once you've done all that, dependent on what the person wants to get from it. So the type of hypnotherapy that I've done, as I mentioned, it includes CBT, it includes mindfulness. So it might be that actually the hypnotherapy isn't something that a person wants to explore in the beginning. And it's something that they build up to. Um, so dependent on what they want, um, you take them through some training. So um, there's a hypnotic induction point that you focus on before you um, are taken through hypnosis. So the, the point that this is, so if you can imagine that there's a point that you're staring at in the middle of your forehead, but you have to turn your eyes up into your head to be able to stare at that point. And just naturally, your eyes will begin to close because they become heavier and heavier and heavier. And um, so I'm trying to, to talk about this without actually inducing hypnosis. <laughs> but if, if you could just imagine it, um, try yes. not to do it at the moment. But if Got you just you. imagine that spot that you stare at it and um, your eyes are kind of facing backwards and upwards um, and you're really kind of focusing on that point. So your eyes get heavier and heavier and you're talking someone through this as, as they're doing it. Um, so as you're suggesting that their eyes become heavier, they generally tend to get heavier and the person's eyes begin to close. Um, so it's a really interesting feeling when you're going through it because it's almost like a state of deep relaxation. So you've got your eyes closed, um, some people, they just want to focus on a point in the room because they might not feel comfortable closing their eyes. So there's different options for that. Um, so it's like a deep state of relaxation, but a state where you're absolutely aware of what's going on. Um, so the first stage would be to take someone through an induction and then you'd go through uh, a deepener. So um, when you've induced the hypnosis, you would then um, kind of almost guide them through kind of um, walking down some stairs or however you want to um, kind of make someone go deeper into hypnosis until they're deep within it. So you might keep on going if the person's really struggling. And then that's when you'd bring in the suggestions. So dependent on what the person wants to get there's different things so ego strengthening would help build um, that confidence so for example uh, if you are wanting to do a presentation you're feeling quite anxious about it I, I try to understand what's going on with that because there might be other things so you might have social anxiety or something like that um, but I'd use ego strengthening to boost the confidence. So the suggestions might be um, around seeing yourself um, presenting as you want to present. You're confident and um, the audience is enjoying what you're saying. They're engaged, that type of um, suggestion. So because the person is fully aware of what's going on, they can choose to not accept those suggestions. Um, and that's what you'd build into the script as well. So you can choose to um, take this on board. You can choose not to, whatever's most helpful for you. Once you've taken someone through that, and it could last 30 minutes, it could last 10 minutes, however you see that, um, then you bring them out of um, hypnosis. 
And then there's certain things that you do to actually then stop the um, hypnosis. So you might click your fingers and then that wakes them up. And it's just so interesting just going through it myself, but also watching other people go through it. Because sometimes you think, are they really kind of under as deeply as you'd want them to be to accept the suggestions? And when you click the fingers, when they wake up, it's almost like they've been asleep. So it's just so effective and just so interesting to go through and experience. Yeah, fascinating. And like you say, to then see the results that can come from that as well. And and for you to have Mm. seen how much potential there is in it, it sounds really exciting. And I can see why you want to use it then with your coaching clients. Uh, And it makes sense that then there's there's loads of things you can offer. So you can work with your coaching clients and use CBT, you can use mindfulness, Mm. you can use the hypnotherapy, you've got all of those tools there to see what's most helpful. Yeah. Brilliant. And so I guess... um, some people might be listening and thinking, okay, well, what exactly is CBT and, and where does kind of CBT end and the hypnotherapy part come into it? Uh, yeah. Because I guess they're so linked in what you're describing. Um, yeah. h- how would you describe that, the kind of how the CBT and the hypnotherapy fit together? Yeah, so with the, um, the hypnotherapy is very different. Um, so the hypnotherapy, you would go into hypnosis, you would go through that process the CBT are used for more behavioural tasks. Um, so, for example, if someone is having um, anxious thoughts about something, um, if someone is getting triggered by something, if someone has got a phobia or a habit that keeps on reoccurring, I'd use the CBT um, in terms of that, so the behavioural side of things. It might be uh, using a thought diary to track their thoughts, Um, I'm very much a person that likes to look out for patterns in things. Um, So it might be certain times of the day where they're really triggered. It might be certain thoughts that they're having at night time before they sleep. So really start to understand what are the patterns, what are the habits and how do we break these habits? With CBT as well, um, you could uh, give a designer behavioural task with someone. Um, so, for example, if um, so, some of the training videos we watched were really interesting um, where people have got certain phobias. Um, so one of the uh, behavioral uh, tasks might be um, to have some kind of exposure therapy to things or on certain levels. So if you're scared of snakes or scared of rats or something like that. Um, you might want to expose yourself um, initially to uh, photographs of that thing and then it might be to videos of that thing and then it might be to a rat in the room but um, quite far away from you and bringing that closer to you. So there's loads of different um, applications for the the CBT in terms of um, identifying patterns but also um, exposing people to Uh, different levels of what it is that's going on you can use things like uh, perceptual position you can use things like um, role play there's lots of different tools dependent on what that person wants to achieve and and what's really going on at the core of of um, what's presenting or what's lingering from the past yeah and it's fascinating hearing you describe all this. There's just so many tools mm. in your toolkit. I imagine there might be a kind of challenge sometimes to say, well, which 
things shall I use? Because there's so much you can use with your clients or uh, I guess Mm. even with delegates on workshops when you're talking about, I know you've just done this today, like a mental fitness and wellbeing workshop. I wonder if there's something about... And, and maybe the answer is it depends on the situation. I imagine that's probably the answer. Uh, but I wonder yeah. if there is something about um, if someone's listening to this and they're like, well, given there's so many things I could do, I could try yeah. all this CBT stuff. I could try hypnotherapy. I could try mindfulness. There's loads of other things I could try. Is there something you'd recommend someone starts if they're, if they're wanting to build their resilience or become a bit more mentally healthy? Is mm. there somewhere you'd recommend people start? Yeah, so if I was taking someone through um, a program, obviously listening to your client is so important because there might be things, I could say actually uh, hypnotherapy mixed with mindfulness and everything else would be really effective, but actually they might have had a really bad experience with something. They might not want to try one of the therapies, so you have to adapt your program to whatever the, the person needs to get from it, but whatever you think would be effective within reason in terms of what they want to try um, I do think it's an evolving process um, so you might uh, it, it's all about getting that feedback so when you uh, expose someone to a new situation it's about getting that feedback to find out what worked what didn't work if they've had therapy before it's really important to explore what did they like what didn't they like about the therapy they've had previously what did they find effective So in terms of a program, that's how I would approach it. In terms of someone just wanting to understand it and what would be effective, um, I always find with my clients that a a lot of the anxiety, a lot of the um, stress, a lot of the feeling of the lack of resilience often comes from the thoughts that people have. Um, So I would say that the most effective way to start is keeping a thought diary. What are the thoughts that you're having? What triggers those thoughts? Are there certain times of day? Are there certain people that trigger those thoughts? Are there certain situations? Alongside that, I definitely recommend um, mindfulness. Um, So things like um, leaves on the stream or something where it's about identifying those thoughts becoming aware of those thoughts and then being able to place them on a leaf or a balloon or whatever it is and sometimes uh, we use um, the dandelion there's so many different um, things whatever resonates with that person it might be that they feel a real connection to the seaside for example and putting the thought on one of the waves that just drifts away or something like that whatever resonates Um, But being able to identify those thoughts, being able to let go of those thoughts or choose to hold on to them if you choose to do so, if it's helpful for you, um, is definitely the first step that I would say is most effective. And that makes so much sense, because if you're going to do some kind of thought diary, you need Mm. to be better at recognizing what your thoughts are. And if you're training yourself in mindfulness where you can identify each thought and then choose to let it go, like on a stream floating, a leaf floating down a stream or a wave going away or a balloon going up in the sky, a dandelion going up in the wind, it makes so much sense to say, have that mindfulness exercise to help you identify the thoughts and then you can keep the thought diary it it makes a lot of sense for the two to go together 
Definitely. And if you, I always tell people this, if you think about the research around how many thoughts we have a day, the research shows us that we have 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. We've all got a negativity bias, so it's not likely that 100% of those thoughts will be positive. So first of all, it's about yeah recognising those thoughts and just feeling more con- in control of it. So all of those thoughts have, happen automatically, but if we can recognise them, we can choose to let them go or we can choose to hold on to them. But it helps people knowing that they have a choice. Absolutely. And a huge thing for me is that message that we are not our thoughts. Just -hmm. because I've had this thought that I can't do this, I'm not good enough, I'm really anxious. That doesn't mean I have to hold on to that thought or believe that that thought is part of my identity. Mm -hmm. I can just, as you say, let it go like on on a wave. Um, and then acknowledge that I can choose different thoughts. And I guess that's the power of everything you've talked about today is mm. I've, I've got that power. I've got that choice to mm. think something different, to think something more healthy and helpful. Definitely. Amazing. And yeah, and that comes out a lot in the therapy. Often we give ourselves labels. Um, mm. I'm an anxious person. I'm just naturally mm. like that. And it's really important to separate the labels, separate the thoughts so that we can choose to be that person if we want to be, if it still serves us and, and those around us. Um, but definitely, I, I definitely agree, it's all about about choice. Amazing. Sarah, thank you so much for sharing all of your expertise today and the, the kind of sense of how this really plays out. Because like I said at the beginning, I was like, so what is this really and how does it work? <laughs> I've got a much clearer sense now of how the hypnotherapy plays in with all of those other tools that you can use. Um, and it sounds mm-hmm. like such an incredible thing that you can do for your clients. It's wonderful. Brilliant. Thank you very much for having me. My pleasure. Fantastic. Well, listeners, my goodness, so much there for you to uh, be hearing about. I'm going to put links underneath the podcast uh, so you can find some of those things that Sarah's mentioned. For example, a meditation on leaves on a stream, because that could be a really helpful meditation for you to start uh, learning about mindfulness. We'll put links in there to Headspace because they still do their free trial. So if you're still brand new to mindfulness and thinking, actually, I'm going to give it a go, uh, opportunities there for you to find out more. And also, also links for you to find out more about Sarah if you'd like to work with her personally. So thank you as always for listening and we'll see you back next month. Thanks everyone. Bye-bye.